Hello, my name is Melanie Clark, and this is the podcast where I give my shiny two cents about life, love, and all of the above. You are now tuned in to Vodka Melonade. Let me pour you a glass. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the show. I hope everybody has had a great week. My week, you know, overall was a good week. I really, really, really can't complain. It's just, I don't know. (laughs) When I, you know, and summer means something obviously very different when you're younger. Like, you have more time off. It's, you know, summer is actually a summer break. So you just have time for activities and just fun things and going out and no responsibilities. But once you get older and you're working full time, summer is just you know, a time of year and you're still working, you're still doing all your normal stuff. I mean, you can try to schedule time, you can try to schedule things to do, but you know, I work for the city and if you want those prime vacation months off, you have to have a lot of seniority with the company and you know, a lot of seniority goes to those people who've been there a long time and who have, you know, kids and stuff because their kids are out of school, they want to spend time with them blah 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 so you know summer I just I really haven't had much time off (laughs) this whole time so it's starting to get to me a little bit I'm definitely due for for a vacation my next time off that I was able to snag isn't until October so until then I'm just kind of grinning and bearing it um this week once again was a bit of a blur time kind of like stood still it seemed but then it also was like someone had a a button like an overdrive button at the same time so it had me a little bit in a daze but like I said overall I really can't complain um you know I'm sure there's people somewhere who had a worse week than I did so but I hope those of you are listening are not one of those people (laughs) um you know at the top of the week (laughs) uh I had a little bit I wouldn't say backlash but there was definitely a lot more interest and people reaching out over last week's episode of the podcast um, when I kind of you know gave a little backstory and a few anecdotes about um, you know some experiences that I had with with an ex and you know some people were just reaching out like wow that's crazy I didn't know that happened and it's like yeah I was not advertising (laughs) that Disneyland trip or you know him being a bum on my couch I was not advertising that to everybody you know so but yeah a lot of people were really surprised I think some people you know who maybe don't know me as well they they're surprised to hear about certain things that I've like been through as far as dating and relationships I don't think they think I'm the type of person who will put up with that I'm definitely not now (laughs) but back then I mean I don't know what my issue was I just chalk it up to just being young and naive but um yeah some people were pretty surprised that that happened they were just like oh my god some people were like I hope you can laugh at it now I definitely can laugh at it now um you know and people were a couple people were like oh my god I went through something similar so that alone 
is like such a good thing to come from this podcast. Like I want that engagement. I want people to relate or be shocked or, you know, whatever the case may be. That's what makes it makes it fun. There was just a lot of different engagement over the last episode. However, I think the biggest engagement of all that I had was um, the Disney villain himself slithered into my DMs to, it seemed like, defend himself a little bit. I mean, I don't see how you can hear about yourself in that way. No good and damn well, I'm not lying about anything. And then show your face and say anything other than an apology. Now, I didn't say that story and share all that to get an apology from anybody, but you know, I wouldn't think that he would show his face and not lead in with that. He didn't apologize or seem sorry at all. His main takeaway from hearing about himself and everything he did at Disneyland and being in my house, his first thing was, hey, I can play basketball really well. He didn't like that I said he couldn't play basketball. That was that was one of his takeaways. And he also was like, man, how come you couldn't talk about the good times that we had? Like, what? You mean those few and far between good moments we had in between all the bullshit? Why would I waste my time talking about good things? And they're mostly good things just from his point of view. I was his man, basically. So if we were going out, having a good time, having new experiences, doing anything cool or fun and memorable, it was on my dime, it was on my gas tank, and it was uh, by my hand and coordination. So all he had to do was show up and enjoy himself. So I'm sure in hindsight for him, being my little lady, I'm sure it was good times had by all in his mind. (laughs) But that's not what that episode was about you know, because it, it definitely wasn't a mutual thing. I think in, in hindsight, he and I have two drastically different um, ideas and, and memories of everything that transpired. Or he's in denial. I'm leaning towards denial um, because why would you want to openly admit to yourself and to the world that you're just that much or you were that much of a piece of shit? I don't really know what he's up to these days or where his head is at, but the way he interacted after that episode came out kind of lets me know he's really not too far off from where I left him, to be honest. He um, he did semi-apologize. He said, oh, I'm really sorry that you don't get to experience me now where I could take you on trips and I can buy you purses and I can do all that. I'm really good at that now. And it's like, that's all you really have to offer. It's like, I take myself on trips. I buy myself purses. I take care of myself. And I'm also dating a man who has money right now. And he is, you know, more than capable of doing all that. So I'm not looking towards you really or anyone for that. But just the fact that he well I'm sorry that you don't get that I'm like that's all you're bringing to the table like when all I was asking for back in the day was respect and consideration and loyalty and a little bit of cooperation like I don't really care what you can monetarily do for me now like you know Money may have been real good back then because then you could have paid for your own basketball league, right? (laughs) I don't know. I just thought that was 
that was fascinating. But he definitely got his feelings hurt off that basketball comment. I mean, it is what it is. If you think you're that great, I mean, I hope you're. Are you in a league now? Even like, I, I don't know. It, it just that was just interesting. I mean, I, I figured, you know, you start kind of fanning the flames a little bit. The critters will start crawling out. So uh, I'm not surprised, but. I think I was a little caught off guard with his explanation or his reasoning, you know, and whatever. <laughs> so, again, I didn't say any of that to get any kind of an apology. It was really just, um, I don't know, just a story time, something to share. And overall, I'm definitely glad I did because it was nice to have people just reach out and talk about it related to themselves because that's that's all I want. That's, that's, that's all I want from doing these kinds of things and sharing this little bits and pieces of my life. This week also, I finished a book that I've been working on for a little while. Um, it's called To Love Jason Thorne and it's by um, an author called Ella Mays. And first of all, it's a pretty uh, chunky book and it's mm, it's a little over 400 pages and it didn't seem that long when I picked it up. But as I got to the end, it started to drag a little bit. Um, you know, I, I have a lot of books that I've kind of collected since the pandemic started. That's really when I got back into reading again um and I've been I was collecting them even quicker than I could read them so I have a lot you know to go through at this point and this is one of them um basically it starts off um with this young girl she's like you know like she's under 10 and she has this older brother who has this friend who lives in the neighborhood who actually came to stay with them because his uh, dad wasn't treating him well and his mom she was you know a drug addict and she ended up passing away and um, he ends up coming to stay with this family the young girl she has this huge crush on him from the time she's a child to you know when they part ways and you know go off to college and he ends up being um, a really famous actor and she takes inspiration from how she felt about him all those years and she turns that into a book that actually ends up being um, pitched and um, accepted to be a movie and of course you know as only in movies and books this could go the lead character ends up being cast by this guy who she grew up with having this huge crush on. So the whole setup is she wrote this book that's basically a love letter and a love story of how she wishes things could have gone with those two. And then years later, it ends up being a movie and her crush is cast as the lead. So at this point in their life, he's kind of like a Hollywood bad boy. He has a horrible reputation you know in the streets he um you know he's just a lothario and he you know he's a really really good critically acclaimed actor but his personal life is just a disaster and you know they his publicists they kind of get this idea that you know this book this movie deal is going to really transition your career and and you know on a on a very pivotal timeline and we can't have your personal life 
messing it up so they come up with a plan to have him fake marry the girl who wrote it her name is olive and they're gonna just have this sham fake marriage just to make him look stable and she goes along with it and basically just calamity ensues and you know feelings emerge and you know whatever it's it's a pretty interesting story it was just weird the way the author structured it and it's books like this that make me realize like I really truly could write my own book and like I'm like if this could get published I just I know I could write something really really good and get it published honestly it's the writing is okay it got kind of immature in points and there's a lot of stuff I feel like could have been taken out and I'm not an expert or anything this is just purely my opinion um I mean it's over 400 pages and I think she could have got the job done in like under 300 um because there's just a lot of filler and for like two-thirds of the book it's pretty above board there's like some sex references there's a little bit of language but once the characters kind of cross the line it just turns into like pornography it just gets really really raunchy and it's not even in a really good you know artful tasteful way it's just it's just kind of nasty after a certain point <laughs> and it's like okay we get it but it's just it changed the entire tone of the book and then as you get even further she saves all this dramatic what the f stuff for like the last 50 pages or so and it's just kind of out of left field and I don't know it just I wasn't really happy with how it ended but I had to see it through because I you know already invested so much time and energy into it but I don't know I really wanted to like it um but I'm, I'm glad I'm, I finished it it actually took me a few weeks which is um a long time for me because I can usually finish a book in a week um the next book I'm going to start reading is called They Never Learn by Lane Fargo and this one I saw on TikTok they said it was pretty good it seems to be about um a professor at a college who kind of scouts out and seeks out terrible male students and like every year the worst of the worst she'll pick one and she'll murder him and I think she's been getting away with it for a long time but something seems to happen and I think um you know her little her little operation begins to crumble. So I'm pretty interested in that. Seems like a thriller mystery type. I'm excited to kind of start something else to get this Jason Thorne crap out of my mind because it's just, it was such a letdown. <laughs> um, and I want to finish this one because when spooky season starts, I want to start this scary book that I got called, um, what is it called? Uh, Imaginary Friend. I forget the author but it's imaginary friend and it's apparently like one of the scariest books people have uh, ever read and I'm gonna give it a try but I'm gonna have holy water and sage with me the entire time <laughs> because I'm not playing that but I just I gotta see what the hype is so um we'll see how that goes I'm, I'm, I feel good about this next book though so I'm really excited for that 
And my love life news, things are still going well with Blue. Um, this week, it's just funny because we're definitely over the three-month hump. We're well beyond that at this point. And I just know that typically when you're dating a guy, if he's full of shit, if he's wearing a mask, if he's not truly being honest and above board if he's just playing you in any way that three month mark is typically when things start to fall through the cracks um a man like that cannot keep up a charade for very long if you're if you're smart and if you're paying attention to red flags now um he and i are kind of well beyond that and i'm falling more comfortable just like okay this guy is really who he says he is he's been very consistent like I don't I (laughs) I have not um like dealt with someone this positively for this long and this consistently like ever like I said like stuff usually starts to fall through the cracks they're real personality and and agenda starts to show or you know they they drop their mask and we realize we're not really that compatible like something happens you know but with him it's like it just keeps getting better and better and we just keep revealing more and more of ourselves now I do believe in astrology and I believe in certain levels of compatibility based on your sign and I'm an Aquarius he's a Leo And just from what I've learned and what I've read, um, I know that as far as the astrological wheel goes, Leos and Aquarians are on opposite sides and we kind of are opposites, but we're also very similar in a lot of ways. And I heard that when, you know, an Aquarius and a Leo come together in in a relationship, they tend to both mirror each other and, um kind of reflect back to each other good things great things but it can bring up a lot of like insecurities and um it can be it could bring forth some hard lessons depending on you know what stage they are in their own personal growth and what's going on and (laughs) over the last couple of weeks really like I've really been conscious of my own kind of like little baggage that I bring at times like I know from personal experience that I have an anxious attachment style if you're not familiar you know with your own or just with the concept of it um, people have different attachment styles when it comes to relationships so depending on yours you know you'll behave in, in different ways within your relationship so you have different ways of interacting and and behaving in your relationships and they're categorized by secure attachment avoidant attachment anxious attachment and disorganized attachment I can only speak to anxious because that's what I feel that I identify with and then I know a little bit about secure attachment because that's what I'm trying to move towards and that's what I've read that someone with an an anxious attachment should look for in a partner because if you're a little bit anxious but they're secure there's a lot of harmony blue is definitely 100% secure attachment as far as um, the relationship is concerned that's not to say he's not without flaws or someone with a secure attachment in general is not without flaws or that they don't get anxious or anything like that 
but they're just a little more settled into who they are and they're not so um, easily rattled when you know things in a relationship get a little bumpy they don't they don't think that things are gonna crumble they don't think you're gonna like walk away from them like they're just kind of smoothly just riding the natural waves of the relationship whereas me and then others with anxious attachment I think we try to overly control the outcomes of certain situations with the relationship um I know that you know Blue even called me out he was like you tend to predict the future when it comes to us or like what he's thinking or what he's gonna do I tend to try to predict what he's gonna do and I usually or most of the time um, I'm doing it in a negative way so it's like an example of you know just having that anxious attachment um is if I think I think I read it it was like I'm I'm only as secure as our last positive interaction so if we hang out on Tuesday and we have a great time we go out to dinner we go to the movies whatever the case we laugh like you know we're we're connected everything's going great like we have great conversation you know and then he leaves and you know we hug kiss goodbye and it's like okay well I'll call you later and I'm like on cloud nine if we don't have another interaction like that for a few days like let's say he gets busy the next day and we only text for a little bit and then the next day it's the same thing and then I start kind of reading into his text like well why did he say it like that or you know does he does he really really care like I mean (laughs) it sounds crazy but I mean that's that's part of the attachment style and I'm trying to work on it and I think the key with me is um the consistency of it all has to be there because after a while I'm not going to be as anxious about it because I can rely on him and, and count on him to be there regardless and what also helps is talking through it letting him know hey these are like my insecurities I have this kind of um, attachment style I get a little anxious I like a lot of words of affirmation and you know I I like reassurance and I told him that early on and he's really good about like okay I can see that you know you're you're feeling a little off you're feeling a little anxious let me reassure you and then he'll go on to his spiel and then I feel better so that's why I feel like he definitely has that secure attachment style and that definitely helps me now as time has gone on like I I don't think it's as bad I think I still get a little sensitive when he says certain things um and I had to kind of (laughs) I had to like get real with myself last week because I was I, I I had to catch it in the moment and then start writing down and and getting it out like why am I feeling this way why am I so sensitive why did what he said why did what he just said bother me so much like let's let's break it down until the feeling left and it was <laughs> and I shared this with him too but it was just so like what is wrong with you like just relax you know um what were we talking about he what did he say I think we were just planning for him to just come over and hang out at my place and I think we were confirming like the time um and you know when he would swing by 
And I think I made a joke like, oh, like you're, you know, uh, okay, like you'll come at this time. You're just going to pull up on me. And he was like, hi. He was like, no, I wouldn't just pull up on you. And I was like, yeah, I wouldn't just pull up on you either. And I was like, plus you live too far. Ha ha. And he went, even if <laughs> he went, he was like, well, even if you live next door, like I wouldn't want you just to pull up on me. And I was like, yeah, yeah, I was just kidding. But that like stung for some reason because my mind automatically went to he doesn't think I'm special enough to just see me on a whim like <laughs> and that's exactly where my mind went and like I got really butthurt I didn't say anything to him in the moment but I knew I was tripping but it was like I was just trying to identify why and I and and that's that no matter how ridiculous it sounds that's where my mind went it was like wow like he doesn't think I'm special enough to just see him randomly when in reality he's just saying like he he would just want a heads up that's not to say if I was in his neighborhood or I did live next door I couldn't just text him and be like hey you busy can I come by and he wouldn't like welcome me with open arms it's just like a boundary and a respect thing like I wouldn't want my own mother to like pop up on me you know and in reality I wouldn't want him to just pull up on me either without a heads up so I had to like really talk myself down from that like anxious sensitive moment and get real about it because I'm like what am I even tripping off of you know and anxious attachment styles and being like overly sensitive like that um it they say it stems either from childhood which I don't really believe that's the case because you know, I had plenty of loving people around me. My mom was there um, and I could rely on her and my grandparents and just everyone around me. It was just very, very reliable, stable childhood. Um, it's either that or just relationship trauma. So I definitely believe it's the relationship trauma. It's kind of, you know, affected me in a way where it's like I've seen things be going really well and then seeing the bottom of it fall out randomly one day you wake up and everything is different you wake up and they're a completely different person and I think because of that I've become overly vigilant in trying to see red flags that you kind of create them when there's none really to be seen there at all and it's like you know it's like a defense mechanism it's like well let me keep an eye out and and any little thing that seems off let me highlight it and dissect it so that I don't look stupid in the long run and I, I know that's like the place that I'm kind of coming from like I said he's been very consistent this whole time so far and we talk through a lot of things and I'm, I'm able to be vocal and honest about how I'm feeling even if it seems silly and ridiculous he's very patient and understanding um, which helps and we're still pretty early on so I think that's just only going to get better and as long as I think that I can recognize that about myself and you know find ways to kind of bring myself back down to earth in certain scenarios and continue to have that open line of communication with him I think it'll be all right and I think I can definitely move more towards that secure attachment I think I've just I have not had an opportunity to flourish in that secure attachment style because I've been dating avoidance and disorganized and you know I've I've had the wool you know pulled over my eyes in different relationships and then taken off suddenly and it can be really jarring 
and it can definitely scar you and, and leave a little bit of trauma behind. So I think the first step is just like recognizing it and wanting to move through it. And I think that that's a positive. So I'm not really worried. I, I'm, I'm glad that I kind of have a name and a, and a way to, to identify it and steps to work through it. So that's where I'm at. I'm letting y'all know. So if any of you guys, if that sounds similar to you, um, maybe you have an anxious attachment style too. You can look it up. There's different, you know, techniques you can do to try to nip it in the bud. You know, it can help you identify the type of attachment maybe your partner has. Maybe if you guys are having a little trouble communicating, maybe that can give you some insight into that. And, um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's good to know about yourself. <laughs> now, another thing that happened this week was a conversation that Blue and I had, and I asked him if I could share it with you guys. Um, you know, Blue is a single dad. He has two teenagers that he's been raising by himself, and I actually met them a couple of weeks ago, and they are sweet, sweet, amazing hilarious kids and I really enjoyed spending time with them and then seeing him in dad mode and um you know just seeing that that side of his life it was just it was just really really nice to see and um it was it was a really good night and um and it, it really kind of dawned on me like okay he's been a dad for a very long time um, you know, he does want more kids. So if that we get to that point, that's something that we would, we would plan. Um, but you know, he's called all the shots as far as being the parent. He has laid down his own rules for, you know, 17 plus years. It's been his way or the highway. He has different things that he believes, you know, as far as what his kids are allowed to do and what they're not allowed to do um and I mean (laughs) I think this is like one of the things I I wondered about as far as before when I was saying I wouldn't date a man with kids because I always thought like okay well how do you come together and parent your own kids I would I would fear that he would think his way was better and he wouldn't listen to me because I'd be like a rookie and I always thought like it would be better to you know, have kids with someone who hasn't had that experience before. So you guys can learn and decide that stuff together. And I just assume like if I was with someone who had kids, then it would just be a little more difficult. And they may, you know, just like I got this, like this works for my kids. So this is going to work for our kids. Like, that's something I wondered about. So and it's funny, something came up this week, he asked, uh, Blue asked me how I felt about Halloween. He is the type of person who doesn't really go overboard with celebrating the pagan holidays. Um, He doesn't even really celebrate his own birthday. Really, he likes to just kind of be by himself and self-reflect. He doesn't like, you know, want any parties or anything. And I think when it comes to like the other holidays like Thanksgiving and um, Christmas, you know, he is just more about just spending time with family. So he doesn't really bother with like a bunch of decorations or getting a tree like you know he's it's it's just not super traditional I guess and um 
you know, so he he was just asking about Halloween because obviously, like, that's like the next big holiday coming up, like post Labor Day, and um, he wanted to know what my thoughts were. Now, Halloween isn't like my favorite holiday of all time. I can't remember the last time I dressed up. Um, I mean, I think it's kind of like a kid holiday. I think it's more fun for the kids. Um, and maybe like as a parent, it would be fun just, you know, for your kids to like experience that. Um, I like it just because it's like the marker of the holiday season. Like that's what kicks everything off. I love any festive time of year. So I know the, uh, Halloween is like right in the thick of fall, which is, you know, one of my favorite times of year other than winter. And I just like the vibe of it. You know, I like knowing that pumpkin spice, everything is, is in effect. I like seeing, you know, little ghosties and pumpkin decorations popping up. I like seeing, um, you know them running that Harry Potter marathon that they do every year on TV around Halloween and I like watching Nightmare Before Christmas because it's like is it a Christmas movie is it a Halloween movie it's both and you can watch it at either time and you know October is about that time when I start rewatching Gilmore Girls so I just like that time of year in general but on Halloween I'm pretty much I'm just in the house I'm not passing out candy I'm not you know it's not a big deal so I told him that like you know I like it for the festivities but it's not my favorite and he is very firm on just not celebrating it at all his kids don't celebrate it they've never dressed up they don't put any direct decorations up they don't do anything he is very firm period poo we're not you know dressing up our kids we're not letting them do it why not while they're in our house and he's very firm on that he feels like dressing you know dressing up for Halloween and like you know putting up any kind of creepy spooky decorations is like a pathway for bad energy and I mean I can respect that you know and it's funny because like I said it's not my favorite holiday I could go many years without dressing up or you know doing anything festive for it but when you tell me that I can't (laughs) my inner brat flares up and I'm like what do you mean I can't but I mean I would have to respect that that's how he is you know raising his children and he's telling me now like if we had kids then he would not want them to dress up and I mean, of course, we're talking about kids that aren't even don't even exist yet. But in my mind, I'm like, that that kind of sucks because it's like I don't want my kids to feel left out. I know when I was a kid, I went trick or treating. I know at school there were like Halloween festivals and everybody would dress up and it was just like a fun, good time, you know, and then you get dressed up. You go out with your friends to like Halloween parties or you guys all go trick or treating together. And it's just like a fun time. So I'm like you know, I'm just imagining my kid like having to avoid all that when all this stuff is going on around them, you know, with their friends and their peers. And I just don't want them to feel left out. And I told him, I said, okay, I'll respect that, you know, but our kids are going to know that this is daddy's rules and, you know, they have to listen to you. But I'm not co-signing on that. It's no me and your mom don't want, you know, 
your dad doesn't want you to i'm not gonna undermine him but i wanted him to know like straight up our kids are gonna grow up and they're gonna be like my dad wouldn't let me dress up for halloween that's completely on him and he said okay so as long as that's (laughs) established i'm like it's fine you know as long as i can go ham on any other holiday (laughs) i mean christmas is really my time to shine and but i mean even christmas he's not like you know like oh let's get a tree and all that other like I mean, I'm probably going to have to be doing this myself, but I will have winter wonderland vibes in our home. I'm, I'm going to be, you know, uh, that I can't compromise on. And I let them know that it's like Christmas, New Year's stuff. You know, we, we uh, that's going to be an actively participated time of year, especially if you're stripping me of Halloween festivities, which I can live with, you know. But I, I got to have free reign to do what I got to do when, you know, the weather outside is frightful, but inside is so delightful. <laughs> okay. So he seemed to be okay with it. I let him know, you know, I know he has his feelings on like birthday celebrations. He's, he's very much the type that's like, you know, why pick one day a year to do this when you can celebrate someone all year, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, I get it. I I get it. I get it. But this is the day that they were, you know, pushed and forced into the world. We're going to celebrate them. And, you know, you're just going to have to be there to help me decorate, pick up that box, blow up those balloons. Like this is what we're doing. So he seemed to be okay with it. I'm probably going to have to be the ringleader when it comes to that, but I'm, I'm fine. I just want him to feel respected in his views, but also respect mine. And it may seem a little premature to be having these conversations, but you know, we're in our thirties. And I think if you want to be married and you want to have kids, I think that these are conversations that you should be having so that everyone can be on the same page as far as their expectations are concerned hey guys if you made it this far thank you so much for tuning in to this podcast from the bottom of my heart i truly appreciate it now there's a new episode every sunday so be sure to come on back for another round of vodka melonade bye